It's Saturday, January the 30th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the EU tussles over vaccine supply and markets slide as GameStop hovers. First, the week in brief. The European Union granted provisional approval for anyone older than 18 to use the COVID-19 vaccine made by AstraZeneca, a Swedish-British pharmaceutical company, despite German officials having advised against it for people over 65. In their ongoing row over vaccine delivery, the EU argued that AstraZeneca is legally committed to making best reasonable efforts to produce enough doses for the bloc. However, it reversed a decision that would have trampled on the Brexit agreement concerning Northern Ireland. There will be no border checks imposed, not even to block the export of vaccines. Johnson & Johnson, an American pharmaceutical giant, said its COVID-19 vaccine was 66% effective in global trials. The jab was 72% successful in America, but only 57% effective in South Africa, where a highly contagious strain of the virus was discovered last month. Novavax, an American vaccine maker, had announced on Thursday that its jab was up to 89% effective. China said it would no longer recognise British national overseas passports as valid travel documents. Roughly three million Hong Kongers have BNO status, a hangover from when the territory was a British colony. China's decision takes effect from Sunday, the same day that Britain launches an immigration scheme that offers a route to British citizenship for those with BNO status. American stock markets weathered their roughest week in months as retail investors continued to speculate on shares in GameStop, a video games retailer, and a few other firms. The influx began on Reddit, a social media site, with investors seeking to punish hedge funds that bet against the company. Facebook suspended a group in which people discussed trades. Robinhood, an online broker that incurred outrage by restricting the sale of GameStop's shares, said it had raised an extra $1 billion from its investors. The Nigerian subsidiary of Royal Dutch Shell, an Anglo-Dutch oil company, was responsible for spills in the Niger Delta in 2008, a Dutch court ruled. The verdict is a victory for environmentalists. Shell must pay unspecified damages to farmers whose land was damaged when the pipeline burst. The firm insists the leaks were sabotage. More than 200,000 people have fled fighting in the Central African Republic since violence broke out last month, according to the UN's refugee agency. Rebel fighters who dispute the result of an election on December 27th are battling the army, which is backed by the UN, Russia and Rwanda. Almost half of the fleeing refugees have travelled south into neighbouring Congo. And Portugal's parliament voted to legalise euthanasia, making the country the seventh to allow terminally ill patients to ask a doctor to end their lives. The law applies only to adults who are in severe and lasting pain. They must also be Portuguese citizens or legal residents to prevent euthanasia tourism. And now, here's today's agenda. No rain on this parade, Sundance 2021. The Sundance Film Festival, one of the cinema world's annual shindigs, has gone virtual for the first time. The number of offerings has been pared down, 73 feature films compared with 118 last year, but the event has also become more accessible. 
A single film costs $15, slightly more than the average cinema ticket, and no longer requires a pilgrimage to Utah, where the event usually takes place. Kicking off the week-long festival on January 28th were the highly anticipated premieres of Coda, a Bildungsroman about a hearing child in a deaf family, and In the Same Breath, a documentary about the early spread of COVID-19. Other promising titles include an adaptation of Passing, a Harlem Renaissance novel about two African-American women who can pass as white, and Flee, an animated documentary about a gay refugee from Afghanistan adjusting to life in Denmark. With an impressive slate of films, expect accolades for this year's fate. Hidden Hero, The British Schindler A new children's picture book published on Tuesday tells the story of Nicholas Nicky Winton, The British Schindler. Nicky and Vera explores Winton's transformation from extravagant stockbroker into a life-saving activist. He rescued 669 mainly Jewish refugee children, including one called Vera, from Nazi-occupied Czechoslovakia on the eve of the Second World War. In 1938, Winton cut short a skiing holiday and went to Prague after learning of the plight of refugees there. He found homes in Britain for Jewish children and organised what is now known as the Kinder Transport Programme. Winton's heroic deeds were largely unknown, even by the children he rescued. Then, in 1988, That's Life, a television show, reunited an elderly Winton with some of those he had saved. Peter Sis, the Czech author of Nicky and Vera, praises Winton as a man who would see something wrong and do something to correct it, but who never claimed to be a hero. A Right Pain, Thomas Beckett's Miraculous Mix-Up A 17th-century gaffe may have caused confusion about one of England's most famous Christian martyrs. Conservationists at Canterbury Cathedral in the southeast of England have discovered that a series of stained-glass windows telling the story of St Thomas Beckett have been in the wrong order since the 1600s. Beckett, the Archbishop of Canterbury, was murdered by King Henry II's knights in 1170, causing outrage across Christian Europe. A dozen windows were cast after the assassination, seven survive. They were intended as a record of miracles attributed to the saint. Now the mistake has been realised, previously incoherent Beckett tales, like the man who was uncastrated by one of Beckett's miracles and said to be leper, despite the absence of leper marks, are beginning to make sense. The cathedral's conservationists realised this centuries-old mistake during preparations for a new exhibition at the British Museum, Thomas Beckett, Murder and the Making of a Saint, which opens in April. Kicking for gold, football's earnings. The pandemic has been expensive for Europe's elite football clubs. The total revenue of the top 20 teams, including Spanish giants Barcelona and Real Madrid, Bayern Munich from Germany and seven clubs from the English Premier League fell to 8.2 billion euros, 10 billion dollars in the 2019-20 season, 12% less than a year earlier, according to an annual report by Deloitte, a professional services firm. Clubs earn their money from three sources, commercial sponsorships, broadcasting rights and matchday sales. The pandemic has disrupted the latter two. Clubs across Europe had to hand back money to television networks for postponed fixtures. Broadcasting income fell by 
Fans have mostly been banned from stadiums since last spring, causing matchday income to drop by 17%. Only commercial revenue saw a slight uptick. The impact is far from over, it will still be months before matches are played in front of capacity crowds. A period of belt tightening awaits. Synced up, menstruation and the moon. Astrologers and homeopaths have long preached that women's periods are guided by the moon. Scientists, however, say the fact that menstrual and lunar cycles are of roughly the same average length is mere coincidence. But now, researchers writing in Science Advances, a journal, believe they have discovered a connection that could prove the astrologers right. The study focused on just 22 women who had kept comprehensive menstrual diaries for 15 years. What the researchers found was not a simple 28-day cycle, which many women do not experience. Rather, women whose menstrual cycles were that length or longer intermittently synchronized with regular fluctuations in the moon's gravity and intensity, shifts that cause ocean tides. Synchrony was most apparent on long, moonlit nights and when the moon was at its closest to Earth. So perhaps there is, after all, a scientific justification for why menstruation, moon and month share the same etymology. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edward Lear, who died on this day in 1888. I am in a very unsettled condition, as the oyster said when they poured melted butter all over his back. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. To enjoy the full morning briefing as well as the rest of our journalism, including each week's full edition in audio, please consider taking out a subscription. To get the best introductory offer wherever you are around the world, just go to economist.com slash briefing offer. Digital subscribers to The Economist should log in at briefing.economist.com for access to the full Economist morning briefing. 